One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello all, welcome to Monday here on Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo studios. It's just gone midday Eastern Daylight Time and it means it's time for the call. Two stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it in one hour on this Monday the 7th of November and uh, let's introduce our panel today. We're kicking off the week with the 18. Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor, Maitan Somersandaran from Deep Data Analytics. Yes, everyone, all of the questions that you've mm-hmm. sent in. We even have one here today, the first up that says, this is for Gaurav and Maitan, if either of them are away, can you just hold it till they come together? <laughs> there you go. You two have built a tribe. How are you? Yeah, we're doing well. Um, I had my son's eight, eight-year-old party, eighth party oh, yesterday. You survived? Just. There was 15 kids, uh, rock wall climbing, and uh, they went bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> went nuts. Yeah, yeah. Was, That's very fun. brave because you don't want them to fall off the top. Well, we've, we've, we enlisted a whole bunch of parents to hang on to those ropes. Oh, perfect. Yeah, enlisted. but it was, it was hard yeah. work. Hold your own Nice kid. to see something going up for a change, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh. And, and not crashing back to Earth. Hey, oh, but mate, look, look at the weekend. Yeah. You know, we're on the climb again. Uh, no. <laughs> no? Well, the bounce, you had the non-farm payrolls, which right. was a massive beat. Wages growth was high. Oh, um, uh, no, hang on. Market... But the other people are saying, no, it's showing, off a call, uh, showing a cooling off. Mm, yeah, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but the real pair optimism came from China reopening, yep. which... Mm. On the weekend, it was proven completely incorrect. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, there was massive bounds in commodities. Yeah. I mean, copper was up 8%, yeah. Yeah. oil up 5 yeah. gold up 3 to 4%. These are, you know, these are moves you see over a month. Hang on, but China can't stay close. Well, well, the, well it probably can. Well, the numbers... The Chinese think differently, don't yeah. they, to us? You've got to remember that their COVID daily numbers hit the highest number since May. Right. right? And they just had People's National Congress a week ago, where President Xi, who's lifetime deal now, he actually confirmed the zero COVID policy. Yeah. He's not going to backflip a week after that when you got but rising cases. But it's completely unrealistic. It was. It was just fallacy. Um, so, no, no, no. Him saying... Oh, look, I think there is a certain level of control they want to show. I mean, in an yeah. Asian culture, faith is massive. How much yeah. sentiment you can build is massive. So they're not going to backflip even if it's wrong. Hmm. So yeah. the reality of the market was hoping for, again, we had a pivot on Fed, number of times failed, and now we're having pivot on COVID zero okay. policy, which failed again. Is think, he too grumpy? Look, I think the lesson is you don't want your portfolio hostage to the whims of one man. Hmm. Right. And if you have to listen to every word that, that C utters and try and interpret every hand gesture, every yeah. uh, every every sentence, you're in, your portfolio's wrong. Like, what, what he does, is important, but it shouldn't keep you up at night. We shouldn't have yep. to interpret his every word and it shouldn't impact your portfolio too much. Okay. Um, if, if you put together the right portfolio. So 
Look, I, I don't even pretend to know what he's going to do or what they're going to do. It's clearly madness, but they've, yeah. they've shown no inclination of avoiding madness before. No. It's madness to get to this point, yeah. and here we are. So I think it's the wrong emphasis to try and interpret what's, he, what's going on with, in his mind. I, I think just stick to the, uh, the businesses, something that's predictable. The whole reason we want to avoid dictatorship in the first place is so three dudes sitting on a desk don't have to have a discussion about a fourth dude's <laughs> hey, mind state. <laughs> the, whole, the whole Western culture is now on the hostage of four or five dudes and yeah, a few yeah. women sitting in a table trying to make a call. True, so true. are we any better off because of that? I, I, I don't yeah. see a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a point. Uh, zero uh, COVID policy, but then they let the uh, Hong Kong sevens uh, come back from the first <laughs> they, time right. in Hong Kong. Who I thought it? that was weird. Uh, who said it had to be logical? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the logic of the market. Some individual stocks uh, this half hour. We're going to talk about Experience, SmartPay, 360 Capital, Fletcher Building and Woolworths. Uh, stock of the day, uh, Coronado Global, big coal stock, has ended talks with US-based Peabody Energy for a potential combination to companies. Miner confirmed the talks early in October in response to a local media report, didn't divulge details. Uh, there was also a merger talks with Arch Resources earlier this year, which didn't eventuate. Um, so out of the Peabody discussions today, let's see how the uh, stock's doing. It's up slightly. Uh, let's go to the coal guru first up, Gaurav Sodhi. Um, deal falling away. Is that an issue for Coronado investors? Look, I must say I have zero interest in Coronado. I've never liked the business. Why? Um, it's been... It's, it's an construct that's been hobbled together by private equity who put together um, right. disparate mines in the US, then bought a random mine in Australia, threw them together and, and, and listed it on the most expensive market they could find, which is locally. Right. Put together a bunch of management who, from what I can see, have no, um, no inclination nor any aptitude for running the business. Um, they've diluted shareholders multiple times with, with poorly uh, timed capital raisings, ca um, capital expenditure, um, uh, capital allocation has been poor until very recently. Um, and look, they may have discovered the light, but I, I see, I don't understand why you'd buy this ahead of, um, we've got two companies here and, uh, you know, New Hope and Whitehaven, which are fantastically run, throwing cash off, uh, better quality assets, as right. cheap as Coronado, I don't know what the attraction is to go yep. down here. You could say, look, I'm interested in Metcoal and, um, and Coronado is mostly Metcoal. And then I think there's an argument for that. If that's what you want to do, I, I think that's all right. But again, I feel interest, interested in Metcoal. I think Stanmore offers a better uh, risk reward than Coronado. Um, the problem with Coronado is that it, it, it owns a good mine, um, Curra, and some good mines in the US, but a lot of product has been contracted out at low prices. So Cura, if it's making money, I'd be surprised. It is certainly not making adequate returns on capital because all the output has been um, contracted out at poor prices. And that's a mine that saved West Farmers. That mine single-handedly uh -huh. paid for the coals acquisition. When West Farmers is on its knees trying to pay <laughs> for coals, it was the profits coming from Cura that kept West Farmers alive. Wow. So if you're holding West Farmers today, Thank Karam, thank the, that coal mine for keeping that business alive. So I wouldn't have survived without why it. Why has it not worked for Coronado? Just poorly priced contracts. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and look, again, that, I think that, that goes to management aptitude a little bit. The fact that they're always trying to sell themselves as well. I, I don't think this is the case of Vultures trying to tear this company apart. 
I think it's internally generated. Uh, I, they, there's very little enthusiasm. I was at the Whitehaven AGM uh, last week or the week before, and the management there is so knowledgeable and passionate and interested in their business. Um, and you compare that to, mm. to Coronado, I just think there's a world of difference. Mining is not just about ripping stuff out of the ground. You still need smart people to do smart things. Yeah. I don't think that exists at Coronado. Mm. Nathan? Yeah, I mean, rising tide lifts all boats and yep. everyone chased everything with a call in attached yep. to it. Um, look, it's, it's done well. It's done really well with, with the sector. I don't think it's out outperformed anything. Um, I think you're, you're going to the energy sector. We, we've been talking about this for a while. Yep. In the coal sector, I think everyone knows about coal, and that's done well. If you've been there, you've had a good run. We've been talking about how you diversify into the energy thematic. For me, mm. the energy thematic still, that's the main thing, right? Yeah. Um, we've been long Karun, and yeah. that's yeah, going back near the all-time highs again. Uh, and I think Karun continues to do well. Um, mm. I think oil supply, the great thing is you actually got a cartel that knows how to squeeze supply. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm with the cartel. I'm going to bust that myth. <laughs> the cartel is completely useless. It's a peacock with no feathers. Oh, that I cartel don't know. Makes no uh, yeah, we'll, well, we'll debate this We'll see. But if, if you just think about it logically, I, I think the idea that these cash-strapped autocracies with awful governance, these guys couldn't put anything together. But their the fact problem that is the idea that they're manipulating the oil market is fanciful. No, the, the, the problem that for me is it's not that they want to manipulate. I don't think they have a choice. They have a timeline where they lose That's this right. capacity. So they have an incentive to pump as much as possible. Not really. What, they, what their incentive is mm -hmm. to stuff up the system so their people don't transfer to another source because things get tougher. Now, with the oil price, most of them needed around 100 to make their budgets work. So it is actually in their interest to keep it supported. So that's why when it gets it's below interest, that... But they have no capability to do it. Especially when the Americans have used up so much of their strategic reserve, mm. they're actually trapping themselves. So in that context, I think they do have that capacity, not as much as... I mean, it's better than what it used to be. So in that context, I think self-interest, for me, that's the most mm. proven factor. Yeah, no, we disagree here. I reckon mm. OPEC okay. get, get together, they put these fancy suits on, they get in front of the camera to scare us in the yes. West. They are completely useless. There is not a more useless organisation in the world. Maybe the um, the Olympic Committee. I'm, I might. I might, <laughs> I might uh, that that's, a, that's a low base. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. look, I, I think OPEC still holds up relatively well in this market, right? Mm. Where we are in the inflation, they have some power. Um, I think Karun plays well. I think you've got to look at the overall energy sector. So for me, you're not buying a s stock in coal now that people don't know about. Everyone knows. So look but at the things that have underperformed that are recovering. I think oil's doing better. LNGs. Have a, look, I used to think LNG was a bit of a uh, laggard, but that's now run. So I think LNG is also priced quite well. Coal's priced well. For me, uranium is a more speculative end, right. and you've got more upside there. And oil is the underperforming one. So for so me, you'd you sell are, Coronado. I would sell Coronado. Right. I would buy Karun or um, BOE for okay. the uranium play. I think you okay. diversify. All right, let's get in the stocks that uh, you want us to take a look at. Paul's first up uh, with uh, two stocks. He's asked for a view on. Uh, with the proviso that it was, is uh, their review by Gaurav and Maitan. If Gaurav's sick, could you please hold them over until he's on? Uh, he's not sick that often. No, he just gets why, busy. He just yeah. looks sick. He yeah. just gets... <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> oh, gee, that's a really low blow so early in the show. Uh, first stop, uh, Gaurav Experience. Mm. Paul Wan, so this is the adventure tourism company based in far north Queensland right. and New Zealand. It's run by former boss of uh, Tourism Australia, of course got hammered in the lockdowns. 
Yes, it did get hammered. Um, this is actually, Experience Co is probably a better business than it looks. Certainly if you just looked at the numbers, you'd see um, a stinking pile and you wouldn't, you wouldn't dig any further. But I was really surprised by how much money this is capable of making. It's a, it's a combination of skydiving and then they have a mm. few discrete um, adventure style businesses. They recently bought treetops. Any parent of yep. children, of young <laughs> yes. kids would, would know what treetops is. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic um, little um, business. Um, I went there recently for a research trip and, um, <laughs> and what I discovered was that the, there is very little maintenance capex, very good payback periods, hard to expand because they take a fair bit of time, um, a yeah. fair bit of land and they do need a bit of specialised labour. But this is um, an eminently expandable um, business with really good economics. So I think that was a reasonable good acquisition. Now acquisitions can be scary. Experience Co itself went bonkers a few years ago and bought a whole bunch of stuff which it then had to write off, it had a near-death experience and then it had to sell off all those assets again. And since it's done this, it, it, its asset sales, it's actually become a better business. Mm. In the past, it actually owned its planes and owned all its assets. So in the off-peak, it would sit there with this really bloated balance sheet, paying interest on aeroplanes and helicopters <laughs> while no one was jumping out of, out of them, which was um, crazy. Uh, so now it actually leases um, most of its equipment and that's a much better um, business model in terms of returns and economics. So man management sanity has prevailed. It's a better run business than it was in the past. I think it, this is capable of, this was doing $30 million in EBITDA just from skydiving, huh. um, you know, pre-pandemic. Um, international travel hasn't really returned yet. They bought the other two businesses to insulate the business so they're more domestically focused. I think that makes a lot of sense. This is kind of interesting. Um, it probably doesn't have the business quality for me. It's not the sort of business I'd hold for, you know, for, for five or ten years and watch yep. it compound. But um, it, it's not outrageously expensive. I think it's capable of making more money, and it seems to be sensibly run. So, if you're there, um, I, I think it's perfectly yep. re reasonable to hold. You can make a sensible investment case out of this. Okay, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. look, this model has has improved. I'm not saying it's high quality, mm. but they've diversified the model a lot more now than what it was. I remember when they first listed the original code, I think on the day of listing, there was an accident and That's people right. died. That's right. And I still remember going, oh my God, you couldn't time what this any disaster. worse. Yeah. Um, and it's, they've bought enough businesses mm. now to diversify the model. And it is a, it's a sector that's always had issues. You know, in Australia, the most obvious sectors never make you money, right? You lose money on those obvious That's sectors. worldwide yeah. phenomena. Exactly. Oh, well, in Australia, it's been the classic one, like, you know, aged care and, you know, over time, people have actually hospital, I mean, hotels and all that, they've lost money pretty much. And so this one was one of those. But it's, I think it's much better than what it was now. They're much more diversified. But the market is worried about it. It's not trusting it. So you're not getting the the rebound buy-in. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. I think that the travel industry needs to get up and running yeah, for really the volume happened, scale to come yeah, through. Yeah. And we haven't seen that. And the classic example, I, I always love going to the gong with the kids. Mm. And when you stay at the Novotel, you see the parachutes landing mm. yeah. uh, next to the beach. It's amazing how, so you, you know that the, it makes money when things are going well, but I think it'll take a bit of time. I don't think it's cheap, but I don't think it's expensive. Um, but I think, it's 180 mil market cap, yeah. so it's a micro cap. This is a tough market You're cycle to be micro caps. Yeah, caps. it's a bit risky, yep. um, and so that's probably why uh, I would stay away from it. But it's one where, when the discount comes, you want to look at it. So I think this is one where, if it has a, you know, if the market worries about recession, blah yep. blah, tourism worries, this will come off. 
Yep. That's the time to look at it. You want the discount. I think now it's relatively well priced. You want the discount for the risk. And I think it does carry a lot more risk. For me, in no. a short term, if you're looking for a tourism trade, I'd look at someone like Flight Center because it's a global play. It's got a hell of a lot of shorts. If things improve as what we're seeing from uh, flight numbers out of Qantas and so forth flows through, then Flight Center should do well and there'll be short covering. This one, I think net risk return, I think you want a discount. So I would keep an eye on it. I okay. like it, but I need a pullback. It's a good, um, sorry, go ahead. Uh, with Flight Center, do their commission, is that based as a percentage of the ticket? Yeah. Going out? Because I was, I've, I've got to go and speak at a function in, um, in Canberra. Uh, next week, and the ticket came through. Return to Canberra mm. was nine hundred bucks. Wow, nine hundred dollars! I'm not paying, but <laughs> and that's a economy return yeah, to Canberra yeah. for thirty minute flight. Yeah, wow. Geez, no wonder they're making yeah, right. well, decent money. Friends of mine went for the India Pakistan game in Melbourne. Yeah. The MCG. They all got in the car and drove. Forget <laughs> <laughs> it. It's outrageous. Yeah. Just on that point, though. I think Nathan raises an important issue there. In downturns, I think the task should be to fortify your portfolio, to upgrade your portfolio. It's a good opportunity to move out of poor quality stocks and buy better quality stocks. That's what I try and use downturns for. So in this current downturn, for example, I've got my hit list of higher quality businesses and they're the ones I'm really focused on. So although this seems like an interesting opportunity and I think there's potentially money to be made, it doesn't really fulfill the aim of what I'm trying to do during this little period, which right. is to actually get into better quality businesses. Okay. Uh, the other stock uh, Paul wants of you on, Nathan, is um, uh, an FPOS uh, payments group. Uh, sounds familiar, but it's not Tyro. Uh, it's SmartPay. <laughs> um, licenses technologies to third parties. Majority of revenue comes out of New Zealand, so it's a Kiwi version of Tyro. Yeah, look, it's executing well. Um, I think recent up, um, update came through and yeah. that was positive. Um, so I don't see a huge issue. Um, look, it's trading above pre-pandemic uh, pop. Mm. So you're not getting cheap. Um, had a good run the last yeah, it's, month. It's, yeah, it? it's had a good, I mean, it was a good update. It's had the run. Uh, do I want to buy it here? Uh, maybe not. Uh, I think you, you, you're in a bear market. Mm-hmm. There are some high quality businesses getting thrown out. Now the cycle will obviously bottom out at some point and you're going to get really good opportunities. Mm. You, the dominant factor globally for investing right now outperforming over the last six to 12 months is value without a doubt, right? So you want valuation in yep. this market. You want to buy below fair value. I don't think this is below fair right. value. It's okay. a good executing business. But I think everyone knows it and it's you're paying for it. So um, I don't think the upside is there. If you're there, I think, you know, if you look about it over the last two years or year and a half, it's pretty much gone sideways slightly down. So despite right. the recent outperformance, you yeah. haven't done that well because we're in a value market. So, so would you use this spike to get out of it? I would take the money and go somewhere else. Right. I, I don't mm. think you're going to get the returns over the next couple of years. What you know, okay. It hasn't done well in the last couple, so it's not going to do that well. Similar to my comments about Experience Co, there is a reasonable investment case to be constructed here. This is by no means a awful business. The numbers actually look quite good. I was really surprised mm. by the, the cash flow and these, these guys are actually making um, net profit as well, which again, mm. I was really surprised by. It really makes you wonder about Tyro because yeah. they have so much more scale and um, their cash outflows seem to be so large compared to this. And I think huh. part of that is 
simplicity for smart pay. Um, yep. In New Zealand, they don't make a lot of money, even though they're the market leader, because they have a uh, fixed price um, uh, revenue model there. In Australia, they take a cut of um, transactional volume going through the terminal, so it's a much more lucrative market, and that's really the, the catalyst for doing well out of the, right. um, the current plan. Um, look, they're executing really well. My, my issue with it is that um, it, the business model is really based on, on offering lower prices to the merchant. And it's a really difficult strategy to execute because there's always someone offering a lower price in this, in this category. This is a sort of a, it's not a difficult business to replicate. They don't have a tremendous amount of scale to protect themselves. Mm. Um, they're doing something very, very simple. They don't have the value-added services or the innovation that Tyro is offering. They don't have relationships that the banks have. They're, they're purely just trying to make it very cheap for the merchant to choose them. And already there are competitors. I think Lightspeed is now a well-known competitor that's kind of eating up um, a, a lot of um, um, small business um, accounts as well. I, I think there's there's something of a strategic asset here. These are clearly value book, these um, mm. merchant gatherers. Um, I heard a, a bank um, a manager, no, no, not I think it's a bit, bit much calling me an executive, but a, a bank manager telling me that um, uh, that the um, these are really valuable for banks. You know, there's this idea that banks don't who, who have I think um, more than half the market uh, in this sector. There's an idea that banks don't care about this because they don't make a lot of money relative to their profit pool. That is true, but this is a great way to get into the accounts of their customers. It's a great yep. way to cross sell, and apparently they actually make mortgages out of this sort of activity. So that's why you've seen some of the big banks looking over at Tyro, trying to yes. get access to them. Well, there's a lot of room and NAB having a look at them. Yeah, it's, it's I basically think, the, you put an AI on the data, yeah. and you get instant uh, yeah. credit check that'll tell you that's how right. good it is. So it's, that's the right. data is worthwhile. I mean, data is the, the, yep. the hardest commodity to get going right. forward. So, so there's something of a strategic asset here. I think you can certainly hold this. And th there's, there's actually, you know, you can construct an okay investment case for it. But I go to back to my previous point. This is not a wonderful quality business. There are actually now opportunities to buy better quality businesses, and I think you'll get even more opportunities down the track. So, okay. um, for me, just to hold. Uh, Matt wants a view, Gaurav, on 360 Capital, the mm. investment funds management group. There's a bit of a theme emerging today. Um, again, this one <coughs> is a fascinating company. I actually, I used to own it a little while back, uh, made no money on it. Um, it was a recommendation briefly. Again, we made no money out of it. But it's an interesting idea. It's, it's a collection of really smart people led by Tony Pitt, who owns the majority of this business. He's made a fortune in, in real estate um, in the past, and he set up this little vehicle. He's got a whole bunch of cash. In fact, most of the market cap of this business is backed by cash. Mm. If you add in some of their investments, it's actually trading below NTA, um, net asset backing. So it, it's certainly an attractive vehicle. And the idea is they're gonna use this downturn to go and buy assets and create value. Now, some of the moves they've made so far haven't really worked out. They bought a data center fund, which didn't work, and then they sold out of that, and they didn't make any money out of it. But that's okay. You know, people like this, they try things. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. I think this is an interesting case. I, I think if you wanted to find a smart guy to back, you could do worse than, buy, than do mm. this. I'm going to go spec buy on this. Okay. But understand that all you're doing here is backing the smarts of a, of a guy with a track record, a big pile of cash, and a big incentive. They're, Tony Pitt 
is we, we had we used to hold this in our ethical fund and someone from um, the company called us and had a giggle and said if Tony Pitt knew that you you hold, he was being held in an ethical fund <laughs> <laughs> he would he would just laugh his head off because the, the guy's an animal he is right. absolutely ruthless chases down every last dollar um, we right. came across him he was battling next DC and talk to someone about next DC about the scars he left because he is absolutely ruthless mm. that sounds like the kind of guy you want in your corner then buy if not again um, you can do something else yeah well look at the top three shareholders challenger paradise regal so the big boys are backing him yeah uh, <laughs> and for the for the good reason um, I look the stocks pulled back and it's recovering uh, numbers look good um, and you know look not everything has worked uh, but the market still trusts the management and this is comes down to management core so if you like the management, you back the management, then I think you stay long. Well, now's the time, right? I mean, yeah. it's trading below its It's, it's actually funny you should yeah. say that because yeah. there was another one we were looking at, a venture capital that was a uh, major shareholder was Block. Yeah. And, and, and <coughs> they were doing buybacks. Oh. And you went, sorry? Um, what was you, that? You are there to- <laughs> Touch. To, to, yeah. Touch. I was oh, like, yeah. yeah. So I was going, yeah. you, this is, you're in a FinTech bash zone. This yeah. is the time to take positions. And you're doing buybacks. Yep. That tells you something. So in that context, I think the market backs these guys, and I would too. Um, and I, I think they'll do okay. Um, I think you, yeah, you, it's a call on management, pretty much. Right. Uh, it's like a fund. You're betting that they can do better than the market, and I think you would. So would you be a buy on it, or? Um, Ali, when you have these kind of bad markets, you got to back management, mm. and I would buy this. One. Okay. All right. Um, Roger wants a view on uh, Fletcher Building, Nathan, the New Zealand-based uh, building materials company, sort of New Zealand's version of what Boral That's right. CSR. Mm. Yeah, you know, when I say when it comes out in New Zealand, you buy it without looking. Yeah, tech yeah, This stocks. one you don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought the proviso was tech stocks. <laughs> yeah, that's tech true. stocks. That is true. Out of yeah, New tech Zealand. out of New Zealand. Um, right. Yeah, but not it. building materials. No. no. Um, okay. The greatest <laughs> thing that Fletcher Building did was to help small cap fund managers because it's one of the biggest stocks in the small cap index mm. and oh. it's underperformed for a long time. And it always, even when the cycle is good, they find new ways to underperform okay. and that helps them. Um, so it is one of the ones in the attribution basis. It's been great for small cap fund managers. Um, it's... It's a cycle, right? So if you look at the macro, uh, do you want to be where you are? And if I was looking at this, what's your alternative? Well, if I wanted to get a, a really good um, developer, I'd go to Auckland International Airport. You get tourism yeah. and property okay. developer in one. Where this right. one, track record ain't great. My trust in management ain't great. As you said, it's the New Zealand version of Boral and Boral's not doing great. So <laughs> uh, Fletcher Building has issues. Um, and I don't think it, this cycle is going to help them on the recovery cycle. Yeah. So if you had to look, if you want that kind of exposure with a free kick of tourism recovery cycle, look at Auckland International Airport. I think that's a much okay. better risk return than Fletcher Building. Correct. Yeah, uh, Auckland is, <coughs> it's a top three holding, I think, in, across all our funds. So it's a big position for us. Oh, I, wow. I would agree with that. Um, I think Nathan's being a bit harsh on Fletcher. I know the share price hasn't done very well, but I think sometimes the share price leads our opinion too often and if you look at just the numbers on the company it's actually not too bad it's been it the, the i was really really surprised by the margins on this you know if you look at boral they do two or three percent margins just abysmal brickworks is probably the best they do sort of ten percent in a, in a in a decent year and they have done that in over the last few years but they're quite concentrated in the area they know very well 
These guys are very broad. They do everything from sort of concrete to insulation. I think they invented Laminex, I have to double check that, but, oh. um, but they do a lot of that as well. So they're, they're, they're quite large and complicated, but their margins are, are decent, sort of six, 7% margins, which I would have expected maybe half that. Um, so they clearly, I think, have a, have a good business there. Well, not a good business, they have, they have a business there, a reasonable business. Um, for the, by the standards of this industry, it's actually pretty good. And you want to buy this in some sort of downturn now. New Zealand is going through a downturn. Interest rates yep. are really high there. The economy will hurt. I think this is one you pop on your watch list. I actually don't mm-hmm. think it's that bad at all. I, was, I think it's been, it's been well managed. Um, there's some clearly hiccups there. <clears throat> you want to really go through the operations. It's a big, complicated business akin to Boral. I think that's a good comparison. And you can see from Boral how hard it is to make that business hum. Yeah, Boral could get their margins though. Oh, well, I think that's right. one That's one of the, the, uh, the up cases for Boral is that right. you should see five, six percent margins in Boral huh. if they did things okay. properly. All right. um, but, but I think this is a hold and keep it on your watch list. I actually think this is worth investigating a bit further. And in a deeper downturn, this is the sort of thing that might be of interest. Okay. All right, Angel wants a view on Woolworths and Coles. Now we're going to span the half hour here, but let's do them. <laughs> let's do them together. Yeah. Um, stock five and six. Angel says uh, Woolworths and Coles are relatively safe medium-term investment. Go ahead. I would say they are safe um, long-term businesses. Um, I'm not sure they're safe investments, and I say that because this is where I, I think these large, um, low volatility stocks is where a lot of people hide in bear markets. Yeah, they're seen as defensive stocks. They're seen as defensive, so everyone goes there. And when everyone, when that sort of behavior takes over, the strange thing is, is that they stop being defensive and they start being dangerous. Right. I think there's a, this is is the part of the market where I think people ought to to worry about. And this is where I'd be very, very cautious on, particularly Woolies, which the valuation, I mean, Google is now trading at what, 15 times earnings, and Woolies is 25 times earnings. Wow. They might grow 2 or 3%. Yep. And uh, there's not store rollouts. There's, there's no big growth story. That, you know, we're talking about 2 to 3, you know, CPI growth for Woolies, hmm. 25 times. It's crazy. I, this Jeez. is a sell for me. I would not be buying and, this. I would not and, be holding this. And no Endeavor Group. And no Endeavour Group. Give them a kick, yeah. kick along. Yeah, that's right. They, look, this is, this is an outstanding business. Clearly one of the best grocers in the world. Yeah. The margins are fantastic. I think they're doing now uh, sort of five, six percent margins. It's down from a high of eight, but five, six percent, it's twice what most yeah. international peers make. I still think they're vulnerable on these very high margins. So, so same with Coles? Coles, so Coles is a bit cheaper, but I would say it deserves to be cheaper. Nowhere near as good as Woolies, not as efficient. Mm. They have to invest far more in their supply chain. You won't see the same free cash flow yield. Um, yeah, sell for, for coals as well. Okay. Not not as direly priced, but but nowhere near as good a right. business. Um, okay. And just and a general warning to be careful in these. Transurban is, is the other one. Right. I, I would run a mile from that business. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. That valuation. I think um, markets got that one very wrong as well. Okay, so give me one defensive stock. A defensive stock. ASX. Well, I don't know. Look. Oh, ASX came up last week, didn't it? Yeah, yeah it I, I don't like ASX. Oh, Nathan so had ASX as an ugly buy. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see what you mean, mate. Like, I get it. It's defensive. Yeah. Market crashes, volumes yeah. go through the roof. Yeah. Right. Right? ASX has a, you know, sh- long, okay. short probability bet yeah. on a takeover. Look, if, yeah. if you don't want to lose money, don't invest in the share market, you know? I think <laughs> oh, yeah. when no one wants <laughs> to take risk, that's the time to take yeah. risk. Yeah, okay. fair yeah. enough. Uh, 
Mm. Nathan, Woolies and Coles? Uh, look, I, I like Woolies. Um, Woolies probably was overpriced. Um, and then you had the rebound in a number of the retail stocks, um, discretionary retail stocks after they got belted for a recession. So the money has come off and Woolies have come off a bit. So has calls. Yeah, um, Woolies think, come off a lot though. Yeah, I, I think. Look at that. I think, I think Woolies is yeah. being heard too far. Um, it's much better business than what it's being oh. paid for. It is, it is defensive. Um, I think it is defensive. Mm. It can put prices up, and we don't have a choice. Um, I think Grab's right in on relative basis. Woolies is much better than Calls. Um, well, that's and close I think to a five-year low. Yeah, uh, mind you, um, you know it doesn't have the free kick that. Endeavor offered it as well, mm, but in right. saying that, there is risk in Endeavor now with yeah. what's happening with regulatory side as yeah. well as hospitality costs. Right. Um, so so you buy, from, would oh, you I'm buy Woolies? I'm a buyer of Woolies. You're a buyer of Woolies. I'm a buyer of Woolies. Wow. I'm a buyer of Woolies uh, on two concepts. Mm. I think there's not too many large caps that are offering historical discount, yeah. and mm. Woolies is one of them. The other reason is it's a good yield play. Um, okay. That I think it's a much better yield play and much more solid business than the banks. And right. number of property trusts and infrastructure stocks. You know, you know it's a bit controversial. I've been slamming banks for years. I've got to say, I'm more interested in banks than I was in the past. I think mm. they look more interesting than than Woolies does at this point. Uh, yeah. I think the, the the problem with the cycle is mm. where the banks get into trouble is always a laggard of the yeah, that, interest right. rate cycle. That's That's so true. we're going to see that soon, yeah, yeah. Right. right? But if you look at the property trusts that usually tells you what the problems of banks are yeah. coming. And property trusts have come off. They've come yeah. off yeah. The banks haven't. Yeah. They're correlated. So it's coming. It's okay. a matter of- But they're very well capitalized. Oh, no, no, they're, they're not gonna go broke. Yeah. No. They're not gonna broke. It's government guaranteed. They're not gonna go broke. Mm. But that doesn't mean the share price doesn't fall. Coles? Mm. Uh, Coles uh, is a seller. Uh, right. I'd be getting out of Coles because for me, why would you wanna be in the number two player when mm. you're getting the discount in the number one player? Right, okay. All right, let's go through the first, um, well, seven stocks. <laughs> Uh, now we just extend a bit, but that's all right. Mm. Makes sense. Uh, Coronado, a no from Gaurav. If you want Met Cole, Stanmore's better. Uh, a sell from Mathan. Um, Experience Co., a sell from Mathan. Look at Flight Centre if you want to um, get into the um, into the travel market. A hold from Gaurav. Smart Pay, a hold from Gaurav. A sell from Mathan. Um, 360 Capital, Spec Buy from both Mathan and Gaurav. Uh, Fletcher, a watch and hold from Gorav, a um, sell from Mathan, prefers Auckland Airport if you want that exposure in New Zealand. Uh, Woolworths, a sell from Gorav, both uh, Woolworths and Coles as a sell from Gorav. Um, and uh, Woolworths, a buy from Mathan, and he agrees a sell from Coles. Um, coming up in the next half hour or this half hour, we have got, um, we've done Coles, so we've got Camplified, Domino's, MA Financial, the old Mollus, renamed Mollus, and Jumbo Interactive. Here on the call, we've been following our own High Conviction Fantasy Growth Fund as picked by the Investment Committee, November meeting up on the platform, osbiz.com right now. Nathan's part of it. Going into November, Incitec oh, Pivot was taken out, seven group holdings added. Yes to the portfolio. Oh. Mineral resources was trimmed. Why? Joe, well, it was a bit overweight uh, and had, had a good run. You like making money, mate. He's only one on the committee. Don't get me started. Uh, JB Hi-Fi, Wiz Farmers weightings were increased. Uh, let's see how the portfolio oh. performing. Uh, up about 5% since the 1st of March. And 
uh, keep sending how in many, your request for the call, of course. How many growth funds are 5% in that period? Yeah. Uh, we're, well, it's not a chance for me to boast. So <laughs> <laughs> At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right. You can see the numbers. Let's, <laughs> let's go into uh, our next stock. And uh, Nick wants a view, Gorab, on Camplify. Oh, yeah. The, um, the platform for uh, renting other people's RVs and caravans and things like that. I must have looked too long at an RV video on Instagram because yeah. I keep getting for I'm now addicted yeah. to these RVs. I, I completely uh, agree. They, yeah, yeah. They are amazing, They're aren't amazing. they? Yeah. Anyhow, I went on the Camplify to yeah. see if I could rent a mobile home like some of them for a yeah. week or uh, not nearly as good here in Australia as in America, but and how'd you go? Did you get one? Um, yeah, yeah, I did get one for to go around WA next year sometime. Okay, so I'll be interested really to hear that how that goes yeah, yeah. actually. Um, it's a business I used to own, um, and I no longer own it. Not because I don't believe in the business, but uh, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, used to have this idea of um, a serial stocks, and a serial stock was one where the idea was so good that you stop having breakfast, you stop having meals, and all you eat is cereal, and every dollar you save from that, you put into that stock. And so earlier this year, coal was my cereal stock, and I, I just sold everything I, else I could not to put into coal stocks, and, and Camplify was, was one of them. But I think this is actually a really interesting idea. Um, you sold at the beginning of the year. No, well, you look, did all right. No, no, I, I didn't sell at those high prices. Oh, it was, right, it was okay. a, it was a, bit, a bit higher than current price, not crazy. Um, right. Yeah, but, um, but look, um, this is a really interesting idea. So what they're trying to do is set up a marketplace um, for uh, camper vans. It's, it's been called yeah. the Airbnb of, of camper vans. And, and I think it, they're doing really well. Like the numbers here are really impressive. Their take rate is one of the highest I've ever seen for this kind of business. Mm -hmm. um, and they made a recent acquisition, which adds a lot of scale. You've got to be careful at acquisitions. And they diluted a lot of the company to get the European deal done. But it does, this, this is a chase for scale, make no mistake, because right. you need to be number one to dominate this place, this space. To get the network effects kicking in, you need to be the dominant player. So they're in, that's what they're doing now. Um, I, I think this is still an interesting idea. Um, I used to cover Fleetwood um, you know, uh, years ago, and, and Fleetwood used to have a big RV business. So I used to go around to those RV shows every year and check out the camper vans, and you're so right. There is a yeah. whole community of people who just live and breathe camper oh. vans, and that, this is where I first heard about I heard, first heard about Camplify at these RV shows because it's already ingrained as the standard amongst the hardcore wow. enthusiasts. And I think um, that lends it a lot of credibility. We know the economics of these businesses when they work are extraordinary. These are the best businesses in the world. And, and for the, the chance that Camplify can be that, I think you've got to be there. I'm, look, I'm going to go buy. Okay. I think you're a good chance. Have of you ever done it with the kids? No, I haven't. I haven't, but I would love to. I, I'm, it's a great I'm experience. The wife, yeah. We did it with the grandkids. We had three camper vans and went from Sydney to Adelaide for a football game and stayed at Wagga and... Sounds fun. Stuff like that. Yeah. The first night we stayed at Goulburn, though, and there were all three of us. We'd never done it before, mm. and we backed the body camper yeah. vans in. 
we couldn't buy any electricity cord, <laughs> and all these other sort of hardcore yeah. were just sitting in yeah. their deck chairs yeah. watching yeah. us and laughing and having a beer. <laughs> Mate, can't fire in the shitter, can you? And we went, no, can't fire. <laughs> It's so funny. Anyway, uh, it's my experience. Uh, I, look, I'd love to say we would do that, but oh. I think my, my wife's... Um, You're too fancy I, for that, aren't you? It's quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as a fund manager friend of mine said, yeah. I only sleep under five stars. And the OCD yeah. my wife has, mm. the cleaning... Oh, your wife side, has, right. Uh, okay. It just wouldn't, would not work. We would never okay. be able to do a, a camp event. So um, we have tried... I mean, we go to stay in... Um, Little one of those uh, park caravan park huts oh, yeah. that they set up. That's a great, yeah. yeah the cabins, the cabins are great. Are great. Um, so we love that. Uh, we do that quite a bit. Um, look, you, the one you're talking about, Fleetwood, they sold into Apollo. Yes. And Apollo yeah. then merged with the New Zealand yeah, business. That's New Zealand as well. Yeah. Yeah. Underway, yeah. And that's done really well. Yeah, yeah. And, that's interesting too. And that tells you how good things are. Um, yeah, we were, look, I think Grab's right. Um, I hate to say that to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Camplify is a very interesting model. Early in the model, um, it did have a huge run-up, and I remember us sitting there talking yeah, about it. And you were right. Time. I should have yeah. sold it. Then. Yeah, yeah, I said yeah, yeah. you need to take some money off the table yeah. because it was pricing in yeah. too much. Yes. Um, and it's going to come off. So now, actually, again, I think it's interesting now mm-hmm. because you've had the initial, you know, steroid run where everyone goes, everything is blue sky, and mm-hmm. then got reality mm-hmm. check, come back, mm-hmm. and now I think it's, they have to get to scale. Graves right on that yeah. as well. He, they have to get to scale, and I think they're doing that. It is a risk. I'm not saying this yep. is not without it's risk. Very it's a risky. high risk. Yep. But if they execute, there's a bloody big blue sky there yeah. if they can execute. So I would say put, you know, this is the one type of long-term growth model. You put some of it in, yep. Yep. see how they execute. Yep. If they execute yep. well, then add more to it. Exactly. Yep. I think this is a long-term growth play. And can it be the, uh, you know, the next REA type model? God knows. But, you know, anyone who tells you, oh, I know a 10 bagger at the start, uh, that's rubbish, complete, complete BS, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know a 10-bagger after it's gone 10 times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> then everyone yeah. tells you it's a 10-bagger, right? The best ideas so, look absolutely lunatic crazy when exactly. you invest in them. Yeah. So um, that's, I, that's I would say this one it. has the potential to okay. 10-bag or collapse. Right. So you, you, know, <laughs> oh, okay. you put a bit and see. I put a bit of high risk money in there. The founder has a great money. story as well. The, the founder set up this business because he wanted to hire a camper van himself and couldn't find one. Yeah. So he started his own business up. Yeah. I just love that that startup yeah. um, and entrepreneurial. I think, but I think it also, has the potential, right? It, it, yeah, you've yeah. got to love a potential. It has the potential. Mm. But I think the spike is now out of the way. Mm. Now you're going to see a factual recovery. Yeah. So you should put your money in, see how they execute. If they execute, yeah. back the manager. I've got a mate that's got a motor home and when it's not being used mm. and just sits, yes. yeah. His, yeah. his wife says, why do we pay that amount? And it's yeah. just sitting up yeah. now. It's a yeah, way of earning yeah. some money exactly. on it when you're not using it exactly. yourself. All right, next one. Connor asks a very simple question. Dominoes. <laughs> Dominoes. Dominoes, dominoes, dominoes. Okay. Profit warning, result mm. downgrade just two mm. or three weeks ago. Got hammered. Bounced back up a bit. Yeah. What do you have, it's uh, been a bit of a favourite. It, it is. Um, I look, I, I love Domino's pizza, so let's start yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and, but I, look, the costs have gone up. Shocker. Yeah. Um, as everyone And everyone one. has. And look, management is really good. Uh, the macro is really bad. It's in a downgrade cycle. Um, and I always tell people, never go into a downgrade cycle. Yeah. But I think it's an interesting part when downgrades are not hitting you as hard. Hmm. 
it's still going basically over the last couple of months it's going sideways yep it's downgraded so the market already knows that's already priced in so that kind of tells me you you know and the other thing is we're going into a slowing growth people have cost mm. pressures and as Gurav just had a kid's birthday party, I know when my kids were young, when they have a birthday party, it's Domino's pizzas everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, they're they're and cheap think, and that fills them up. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't think they're going to suddenly go out of it. And management is growing, taking it to new regions. Oh, look, I like them. I'm willing. This is the kind of cycle where you want to back good management that's beaten up stocks. Mm. And Domino's is that. So that's one of the stocks. That's exactly what uh, that's, you were that, talking about point. earlier, yeah. weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's your so point. It's, you know, it's the classic ugly buy, but this yeah. ugly buy actually has growth potential. Mm. Right. Unlike ASX, which is just a yeah. pure ugly buy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. But you know, ugly buy is an ugly buy. I don't mind okay. it. So I like it. I, I think it's a good growth story. You back management. It will do well in this market. Okay. So is this an example of what you were talking about this is exactly or, or not? Not yeah. this particular. No, no. Stock. The, the Domino's Domino's personifies exactly what we're trying to do when we invest sensibly, right? When it was a hundred odd dollars, um, everyone says that. Oh, yeah. When this falls back, I'll buy some. It falls back <laughs> when something goes wrong. You know, yeah. businesses. No, no business. There's not a single business that exists where everything goes right and you don't have a hiccup. Things don't go wrong. All that stuff happens in businesses. The, yep. the trick to this game is to recognize what's a good business and buy it when something goes wrong. Yep. That's exactly what's happened here. There, there's not been, a, there's no disaster here. I mean, costs have gone up. Mm. Um, they're cycling some really big numbers. And um, the growth profile, it, it, it's harder to fulfill in the short term because they have all these headwinds like, like property and currency and getting staff. And all those things will ease. Yep. And that's the amazing thing is that time is the friend of a great business. And this is a great business. Just look at the numbers, look at the historical returns, mm. look at the people mm. running. Most important on that tree is look at the people running this business. All of them have experience inside Domino's. They're all passionate, all been there for years, mm. all run restaurants in the past. And, um, you know, I, I've been on record as saying I think Don Meige is, is maybe the best CEO in the country. Um, it's easier to say when the stock price is 160 yep. bucks and it's hard Not to now. say when, it's, when yep. it's 50 bucks, but I think that still remains the same. He's taken what is a very simple business, destroyed a, a, a legacy competitor and built an empire. This is the best performing Domino's business in the world. Mm. Um, and it's the go-to fixer-upper for the Domino's um, uh, in, in the US. I think there's legion of, of, okay. of, strat of, of, um, of countries they can still go to and, and it's a very low risk proposition that this will be double, double its current size in 10 years time. I think this is the time. You know, we all talk about okay. buying good businesses at, at <clears> good <throat> prices. Like this is the time, buy. But so it's a buy for new money yeah. and for yes. existing shareholders yes. if you but want to average But it's funny down. though, that, that is a psychological problem. Yeah. That is what <laughs> I love about having a data lo logic behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is because that's the time when everyone goes, oh, when it pulls back, I'll buy it. And then when yeah. it pulls back, it goes, uh, oh, no, wrong. now it looks ugly. Yeah. That was the point. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. have to have yeah. that benchmark set. Yeah. Yeah. So you said to yourself, okay, this is what's going to happen. And when that happens, I will buy. Oh. And the problem is like, you know, we like ASX, for example. It's ugly. It's shocking. Mm. But, <laughs> what, what, but what are you going to do? It's yeah. a do dominant player in a sector that's going to be around for decades to come. And mm. that is going to play in the investment cycle for everyone. Yeah. Like they have technology problems for decades. I mean, it's not a shocker. It's happened before. So the question is, if they actually get something right, this thing goes to the moon. Right. Right? It's, and okay. it's below 70 bucks. It's a bargain. I think, so, I think the right. way you buy is important as well. I mean, don't go and buy your full allocation. Sure. So I reckon, so for me, this is, I want to, by the end of 
say the end of this downturn, I want to have a 6%, 7% position in Domino's. I currently have a 2% position. Right. And I'll just add to that slowly, right? I don't expect the, the share price to bounce next week. And, um, and that That's should be your expectation as, okay. as well. All right. Frank wants a view on MA Financial, the financial uh, sort of investment bank, isn't it? Uh, deal maker. Uh, the old, uh, it was named Mollus before it yeah. renamed MA Financial. A lot of people would say this was a baby Macquarie bank. Mm. Uh, what do you think, Gaurav? Yeah, this is a buy for me as well. Um, you just described yeah. it perfectly. It's a baby Macquarie bank. It's a bunch of smart people, well yep. incentivized. Um, with a license to go and make money in all sorts of different areas. And um, they've established a great track record. People running um, the business are amazing. Um, Andrew Britton is probably the most decorated banker in the country. He's yeah. got a whole team Weird of... Weird sense of humour. <laughs> You'd know him from the AFL stuff, uh, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. I think President, he's a Swans. President of the Sydney Right, Swans. right. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got <laughs> a whole a, bunch of smart guy. people around him <laughs> and they all know how to make money. Yep. I think the one proviso, the big dip in that share price you see, is that they have a large Chinese business. Yes. And there's a lot of... Big private wealth business. That's right, China. correct. And there's a lot of issues around that. I think... I've been cautioning about going slow. I still think this is a buy, but I would just keep your allocations low and see how that develops because there's an outsized risk of something going wrong in that Chinese business. There's a lot of mm. political tensions going around with China at the moment, and it's not our task to forecast how that no. goes, but we should be prepared for an adverse outcome. That's why keep your allocations low, but still a good idea. Buy a big division to help. Uh, Chinese citizens get their money out of yep. China. And, very uh, profitable. Into Australia. Yeah, very. But at risk. When we used to play mm. football up there, right. Mollus would have big tables of their clients and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah it's very lucrative. Yeah, um, it's good. Uh, mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, I, like, I like the sector, but mm. the problem here is you've got, it, it's a bit like, you know, you're trying to buy, buy the second why, why do you want to buy a poor man's uh, Macquarie when Macquarie's come back as well? Right. You're, you're still getting, it's much better business. It's more of a private equity business uh, listed. And so I think the defensive nature of Macquarie is much better. Mind you, I'm not buying Macquarie right now. Uh, I think when the market pulls back, Macquarie will yeah. come off as well. I think the difference, mate, is that Macquarie is an asset manager. People sure. think it's an investment bank. It's yeah. a big asset manager. Sure. I think asset prices are in trouble. And yes. um, I'm more cautious on Macquarie. This is, a, in my view, a better mm. bet. More but of a pure one, um, investment style business. Yeah, but also this is more of a transactional business, correct, right? Correct. And so you're assuming transactions hold up and IPOs and so forth will do well. Um, I think it struggles. And that's why ASX is down yeah, so much yeah. because but, but I that's, think that's that's, you know, the, that's the opportunity though. Here. But but then if you're yeah. playing that thematic that it's going to recover, yeah. I think your upside is much more in ASX because ASX is defensive Possibly. with that Possibly. upside. Yeah. So I don't see the market paying sure. for that because that's ASX is telling me mm. that's not going to play. Okay. Then you're looking at transaction mm. and say, mm. is the transaction well? I can see through the data that the transactions yeah. aren't doing well, and ASX is telling you transactions mm. aren't doing well. Yeah, no, that's so, a fair thesis. So for me, that's the risk. So it is one where it is highly volatile. Yeah. When the market craps itself, these stocks will get smashed. Mm. So that's the advantage. So when market panics, and when, as they say, when there's blood on the floor, this is one of those stocks that you buy. Because you know the management's good, okay. you know the cycle's bad, and you buy them. But so not for you at the moment. No, I would just moment. caution that, that there's a glowing consensus on Macquarie. And we all know Macquarie is an amazing business. I'm yeah. certainly not putting a dent in that opinion. But there is an amazing consensus that that business will go be perfectly fine, that there's oh, enough no. smarts and cash. 
I think there's a bit of stress in Macquarie. I just be careful about oh, Macquarie. I think I think Macquarie, that's why we are yeah. out of Macquarie because yep, we, we think we're the out. downside risk in that yeah. list of private equity. Oh. I think West Farmers offers a better risk return yep, than yep. Macquarie. Yep. So both of you are out of Macquarie yep. at the moment. Okay. Mm. Uh, final stock, Kerry wants a view, Nathan, on Jumbo Interactive, the tech business that's in uh, mm. online lotteries. Jeez, this is this is tough. Yeah. I, I, I remember the early days. This was supposed to be get killed off and you know yeah. it won't exist by, by tabcorp yeah yep. and just you know it proved everyone wrong and it's it is in a downgrade cycle but geez all these massive um lotto tickets running around and gets people buying mm. you know in a recession everyone buys these lotto tickets because everyone wants an easy way out right so i think it still does well but it's just yeah i, I just find it too hard i, I just mm. i just find that thematic is struggling I don't think they're going to do so much better. I think the rollout all plays well in a bull market. It doesn't really do well in a weak consumer play. Um, I just think it's too hard. You're picking 20 stocks. This is not the, it's not the high quality business, but geez, it's outperformed most of the time on my <laughs> expectations. So yeah. I'm not going to you know, yeah. talk it down, yeah. but I just find it hard to know when the cycle is in my favor. And if it's too hard to work out, I try and stay away. And uh, this is one. And they're, they're at pains, though, Gaurav, aren't mm. they, to say they're a, they're a tech business mm. that is behind online lotteries, mm. not only here, but the they're going into the United States and, and the UK. I think in the past we could have um, scoffed at that a little bit, but they're actually executing. Yeah. I think the last time I saw it, about half of earnings are now from um, that SaaS software business, yep. and only yep. half come from the reseller business shows you that it's working. I mean, there's some acquisitions in there. We should be careful. Yeah. They've made some, a couple of acquisitions. Um, we have to count those as well. But um, look, the idea is kind of working. Um, they execute well. I they do execute I, I cannot well. complain about the execution. Yeah. But I think the business is tough in this macro. I agree with you there. And I, but that's the problem. You look at it and go, yeah, they've done yeah. really well, but it's tough. I so think I, you don't know which way to go. It's that combination. I think that reseller part, I'm not enthused about that. Um, the lot... Lottery Corporation, TLC, I think it's one of the great businesses in Australia and I don't think it's priced anywhere near the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And um, I would much rather own that than the reseller business. But this SAS little, this, this idea that they have, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's working out. I just, look, for me it's a hold. I, I would just keep an eye on it um, because it's probably done a bit better than I thought. Um, and there's, a, there's an opportunity there, certainly, but I, I don't know. I just don't know. So I'm going to go with... That's the hard part. I, I, I'm going to go with I, I don't str- know, but I hold. struggle with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't know, but hold. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Good business. And they keep I'll, I'll say interesting. I'm not right. prepared to say it's good yet, but it's interesting. But it's right, well run. Yeah. Well run. All right. Let's recap the final four stocks. Uh, Camplify, a, uh, a buy from both. Coles was uh, a sell from both at the top there. Uh, Nibble for, for Nathan and, and Gaurav. Domino's. An ugly buy from uh, from both of them. Uh, MA Financial, a buy from Gorav, a no from Mathan. He prefers Macquarie, even though he's out of Macquarie, and so is Gorav. And uh, Jumbo, a hole from Gorav, and a no from Mathan. Um, thank you, gents. Mathan, good to see you. Nice Gorav, always great as well. Nice to be and uh, thank you to everyone who sent in stocks and put their name on them. and part of the tribe of uh, Gorab and Nathan. Coming up on the Small Caps next, they have just signed a deal with Hyundai to supply 1,500 tonnes of oxide per annum. Arafura MD Gavin Lockyer joins us to discuss the seven-year deal. Uh, don't forget, if you want any stocks covered here for me to put to our expert panel, put them in an email. 
the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. All the stocks in the calls fantasy portfolio, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Small caps coming up next. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 